questions. I also coached uh, a couple of youth pastors, and one of them, while I was coaching him, was fired, oh, which wow. is like, oh, man, what? Do you, now I have to help him not only – I was helping him with like, let's read – organize your ministry and let's come up with your mission and get everything focused and trying to help him drill down on what he's best at and, and what the ministry needs to be about and what kind of kids he had, you know, that kind of stuff. And so right in the middle, he's going through a lot of this church change where they were changing pastors and, you know, the elder board is, is fighting over stuff and it's just junk, you mm, know? Wow. And, wow. and so he's, he's trying to deal with that. And I'm trying to help him go, okay, here's what you don't say. Here's how you can help. And so, cause I'd been through that too. I've been fired twice for the with the same kind of issue where I'm, they just didn't like how I was doing ministry. Helping church leaders amplify their impact and reach their communities. This is the Amplified Impact Podcast. Hey, digital communicators, it's Johnny Flash. Welcome to the Amplified Impact Podcast. I've got a great conversation for you today with Seth Muse. Seth has many years of ministry experience, and uh, first he was a youth pastor, and now he's doing communications, and he's worked at a number of different churches over the years, including one that was over 10,000 in weekly attendance, and he had some challenges along the way. You're going to hear, you heard some of that earlier, you're going to hear some more about that, but I think they'll really resonate with you, and he shares some great digital um, marketing and social media tips for you as well, so uh, it's going to be great. Stick with me here. This is episode three. And let me just say, wow, we, I, I never thought that I would be doing this. Um, a year ago, my friend Trent Walker, who was in the last episode, if you didn't hear episode two, go back and listen to it. But he had said that, hey, we should start a podcast. And I was just like, oh, I don't want to start a podcast and stuff. And then here I am a year later doing a podcast. And so um, it's just great to be with you all. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Um, and thanks for everyone who's been so supportive. You know, we've had an amazing, successful launch. Uh, many of you have left ratings on iTunes, have left comments on Facebook. So thank you so much. Uh, if you don't know, you can watch a video version of this podcast on amplifiedimpact.org. And I'd love for you to leave a comment below the video and you can get all the show notes there as well. Well, let's get right to it. Seth Muse is a veteran church communications person. You're really going to enjoy uh, his story and his digital marketing and social media tips. So here's my conversation with Seth. Hey, Seth, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thanks. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Hey, so um, for our listeners that maybe aren't familiar with you, if you could give a little background on your area of you know ministry that you've done and, and so forth, that'd be awesome. Sure. Yeah, I, uh, I've been in youth ministry for a long time. I, I finished my 17th year last year and then spent 2016 in the secular world as a marketing manager. Uh, so within the youth ministry world, I've been a worship youth pastor. I've been media and communications. I've done a lot of that uh, in that capacity and then stepped out into the marketing world and cut my teeth on in a company here in Carrollton. Now I'm working at a church again. Um, and I'm the social media web developer for that, which I never thought I'd be the web guy, but I'm, I'm making a website right now for our church. And then I copyright on the side, in addition to doing the podcast and the blog and hmm. coaching. So what was the transition like from youth ministry to corporate and then back to ministry? Man, well, I found out I'm not very corporate <laughs> and, and I kind of knew that going in, but mm -hmm. it was, a, it was weird because 
first, I mean, as a youth pastor, you get characterized. So you, you step out and go, Hey, I'm going to be a media guy now, or I'm going to be a communications director now or a social media manager. And they look at your resume and go, well, it looks like you have no experience at all in that. And so I'm like, yeah, but in youth ministry, it's like you have to be on the front edge of all that. So you do have a lot of experience. Yeah, you do all of that. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to get in the door for some of those jobs. And so that one year of break where I was a, my title was marketing manager and sales director at a company was actually really helpful in uh, making that transition. So it was kind of like a clean break from being a youth pastor and while I still have a lot of those characteristics that made me a youth pastor, it's now translated more into the communications world. And, uh, it's been, it's been interesting. Like it would not have gone well had it not been strategic and, and, uh, intentional. Um, uh, I met with a coach and we kind of walked through steps of how I was going to reinvent myself and, uh, all that. So that was very, very helpful. Very, very helpful. So, um, it was smoother than most probably but still with, not without its ups and downs and struggles. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite part of youth ministry when you were doing it for all those years? <laughs> My favorite part of youth ministry was I got to be a perpetual teenager. Mm-hmm. I got to stay like I could stay up late, play video games. And that was kind of my job in a way, you know, mm-hmm. it was like I needed to know what was going on. And it was when that, moment came where I was like, I don't want to know anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I'm too old now. I've got kids. Uh, I'd rather just do other things. So, um, so the favorite part was probably, you know, just being able to be a kid with other kids a little bit and, and not get, you know, too much of a, of a slam for it, you know, by other adults. Sure. Yeah. You I know, know my kids are young right now, so it's nice to be able to play Legos with them and like have that excuse yeah. to, to do that and, and kind of re be a kid all over again with my kids, you know? Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. And you said you're developing a website now and you're doing web development. So what do you, what, what do you find yourself in the midst of now with, uh, with everything? Wow. Um, in the middle now it's, it's, everything is a learning curve because I'm so new at a lot of it. And, you know, I'm a quick learner and I love to learn and I've, I've been able to reinvent and myself a few times over, over the years, but with web, it's so technical and so detail oriented and I have to really work hard to stay on top of that. So the web and the social, now the social comes a little more natural because I'm a conversationalist. I like people, uh, generally, you know, I like people and, you know, so being online is kind of, I grew up with it too, even though I'm a little older, I'm a, uh, technically a Gen X, almost a little older millennial kind of whatever on that line. So finding those ways to be social and to be personable online have been somewhat natural. I mean, I've had to learn a lot too, but still it, it's, it's definitely where I, I feel like I'm not working. It's, it still feels fun, mm-hmm. you know, to, to do that even now for a church. <clears throat> what have you found your biggest challenge to be in your new role that you've been in recently? The new role, um, really just, high quality so fast. Um, you know, having to put out quality and being new in my role, sometimes finding the pulse of what, you know, the voice of the church needs to be and what kind of things we can share and what should we shouldn't share, you know, cause you get into those, those moral dilemmas where you're like, okay, we need to be speaking truth into this issue. However, if we, you know, it's, <laughs> We're going to get chased by the tribe, you know, trying to kill us. Yeah. If we do share this and it seems wrong. So, you know, it, 
it's it's a fine line between finding that pulse of what it is that is okay to put out and how we can lead and still be, you know, on the edge and, and pull people towards a relationship with Christ and understanding truth, but not like sounding like the rest of the world where you're an idiot if you don't think this, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. so that's, that's the most difficult part of the social media, uh, land for the church. And I think every church really is dealing with that right now, especially like, how do you talk about these hot button issues without sounding like you're one, taking aside, even if there's one you should take, and then two, without pushing other people away who haven't quite formed opinions or maybe on the other side need to be brought over or whatever you feel like is the case. And and so you're throwing things out there. And when your page is a like page on Facebook, there's no real like you can't watch your people and kind of interact. They have to interact with you. Sure. You know, so it's a little more difficult to to grasp that pulse without knowing them personally. So as as my main role is now my focus is I got to get to know some people hmm, hmm. and face to face. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, so let's jump right in there. So you're talking about, you know, the, some of the challenges with knowing what to post, what's okay, getting the pulse on it. You know, what have you found works or, or what have you been experimenting with, um, within those areas? Yeah. Um, I found that repurposing content from Sunday is a big chunk of what churches do and should do. Um, making that sermon last all week long so that it's constantly in the minds of your people and not just a Sunday kind of, we went and got our, our thing and then we're done until next week. So that, that alone has been a, not only a really, you know, fertile ground, but it's been helpful in creating a lot of content Mm. that I don't feel like I have to keep creating and coming up with new stuff. You know, it's, it's, I'll take the message and I'll make a graphic out of one quote. So I'm sitting in the, in the sermon in the, in, on church, in church on Sunday and I got my phone out and I'm like, Oh, if I hear something, I'm going to type it out. Yeah. Um, our pastor actually gives us his notes, which are written out. So sometimes I can just look at that and go, well, that's a good one. I'm going to use that. Yeah. Yeah. I just copy it. Um, then pulling out little clips of, of, of the pastor's message, you know, a point where he did really well. And then thinking, okay, this has got to go on Instagram too. So it's got to be under a minute. You know, that makes it even harder. But it's like you start to think about your content ahead of time on Sunday. And if you just make those notes, then when you get to the to Monday, you're able to go, okay, here's where I'm plugging everything in. Here's how it works. And having a content schedule, you know, calendar helps as well. Yeah, no, that's I think that's huge because the, the sermons usually are filled with such great content. And it's like, yeah. it's a shame if it's only left to that 30 minutes or, or whatever, you know, amount of time. And so I think there is a lot of value in repurposing the video clips or the quotes Mm -hmm. or, you know, a photo of some moment in the service, you know, that captures, you know, so I think there's a lot of content there. Oh, so much. And and your Sunday morning, I mean, I'm running around and it looks like I'm not working. That's what I'm doing. I got my phone out. I'm taking photos of our greeters and I'm like, who are you? Okay. And I kind of make a note, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about what I'm going to be posting all week long and I want to make sure I have too much where I can't get it all in. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so I, I can take photos of greeters. I can go to the kids ministry, student ministry and get photos of that. I can go to our, and just take photos of volunteers alone is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Um, if, so, if somebody gives a testimony in the church service, I mean, that needs to be its own thing. You share that anything that can be considered a story or contribute to a story of your church I mean, that's, that's prime rib right there. I mean, you got to share that. That is such good stuff. And it tells people kind of what your church is about on social media 
without going there, which is why you would follow somebody anyway. Sure, sure. Well, what else have you been seeing in terms of online challenges that maybe churches are having or, um, you know, some big wins? Yeah, um, I think there's some churches are being really creative in more engaging type posts that are, um, for example, the one of the most popular ones is how can we pray for you? So our church didn't do that. So I, I started doing that because I saw, I think Brentwood Baptist or somebody do that. thought, that's a great idea. That's low hanging fruit. You know, why wouldn't I put that out? And so what I didn't think about is what am I going to do when, when they, they start actually responding. tell me, <laughs> here's what you can pray about. And so I thought, how cool would it be? So I just start typing out a prayer for them right there in the comments. And so when you come to that, people will say, oh, they're praying for us when we actually there's somebody back there's a real person that's praying for me specifically because and our church is like 1500 2000 people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i might get three requests that way and i think as more people see it or need it or whatever they'll it'll it'll increase but it can't be something more you know that's not manageable so uh christmas time you know what's your favorite christmas song you know what's at easter time what's one of your easter traditions or what do you what's your favorite thing to hide in an easter egg you know just random yeah anything that gets your people talking where they, for one, understand there's a person that's responding on social and it is a social platform and a personable one and a personable one that feels like it's a human instead of a machine or an organization. That's just firing announcements at you all day. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause I mean, that's not really why they follow you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They didn't follow you to find out really what's going on. They followed you because the content they care about, you know, they care about they care about their relationship with Christ. They care about prayer. They care about the church in general. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just kind of a three prong thing, you know. Yeah. So um, you do some stuff beyond just your role at the church, right? You're doing some other yes. stuff as well. So what have you been What have you been up to in in those areas? Well, I I have a blog at SethMuse.com. That's how I started, and it is focused on ministry leaders and pastors. Um, basically it's practical ministry. And then I have a podcast called the seminary of hard knocks. I love the name. Love the name. Thanks. I, I, it came to me in a dream, you know, it's, (laughs) uh, it it was a, not really, but it, it, it's, it's focused on the same kind of thing. The, the practical side of ministry. The idea is this pastors and leaders go to seminary or maybe they don't and they go to undergraduate college or Bible college or something. And then they jump into ministry and it's like, okay, I'm ready to teach the Bible. I am ready to love people and I am ready to, you know, program a service. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, great. We need you to lead this meeting. We need you to come up with a budget. We need you to figure out our new facility issue. We need you to navigate this conflict between these two people. You know, it's all these different things you're not prepared for from seminary. Like you're totally ready to teach the Bible, but you're not ready to like lead a lot of these random things that pastors and leaders are expected to do. So I focus a lot on, the practical side of things that I've learned along the way, hence the name, the hard knocks, because nobody taught me either. Yeah. And yeah. so you got to get in there and make a lot of mistakes. And so rather than let people kind of bump around like I did, like a pinball, you know, I'm trying to provide a, a hub of, of a place where they can come and go, okay, I can learn how to lead a good staff meeting. I can learn how to plan a mission trip. I can learn how to interview for a hiring position. And there's several other places doing that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, for me, I like to try to have fun with it. So it's, it's more of a lighthearted in this ridiculous that we have to do this kind of thing, but here, here's, here's what you got to do. You know, that's kind of my, my take on it. 
Um, so I coach as well uh, in addition to that. So I have a few people that I'm working for. And actually after the Super Bowl, I plan to uh, launch a full public coaching cool. uh, initiative. Cool. Oh, we'll keep our eyes out for that then. That's good. Yeah. So what? So with the coaching that you have done without naming any names or anything, what, what have you seen some of the challenges that, that churches are having and what kind of stuff are you, are you seeing? Man, um, I coach one communications director right now. Uh, well, a couple, but the one I'm thinking of, um, just got a new pastor and it's in the Methodist church. So they're kind of assigned, you know? And so here's this new guy coming in and he has an idea of what communications are. She has an idea and now they have to figure out how to work together. So I'm helping her with like how to make the pastor feel welcome, but also how to communicate his vision that he has for the church to the people. Um, even like how to change their bulletin or their emails up that make it easier to read or something like that. You know, so in that's, that's kind of the coaching on communications. I also coached uh, a couple of youth pastors and one of them while I was coaching him was fired, oh, which wow. is like, Oh, man, what do you, now I have to help him. Not only I was helping him with like, let's reorganize your ministry and let's come up with your mission and get everything focused and mm-hmm. trying to help him drill down on what he's best at and, mm-hmm. and what the ministry needs to be about and what kind of kids he had, you know, that kind of stuff. And so right in the middle, he's going through a lot of this church change where they were changing pastors and, mm-hmm. you know, the elder board is, is fighting over stuff and it's just junk, you mm-hmm. know? Wow. And, wow. and so he's, he's trying to deal with that. I'm trying to help him go, okay, here's what you don't say. Here's how you can help. And so, cause I'd been through that too. I've been fired twice for the, with the same kind of issue where I'm, they just didn't like how I was doing ministry. And, and then I kind of reacted some ways that made it, <laughs> made it worse. <laughs> and so, uh, so I was trying to help him not repeat my mistakes, you know, and then in the middle he gets fired. So then it becomes, okay, well, gosh, let's, let's get your resume ready. Let's start looking at how you can present yourself and here's some leads on some jobs. And th- so we started doing that a little bit. Uh, now he just started a new job in, at a church and they just have a ba- had a baby. It was baby number four. I mean, it was crazy. Wow. So part-time, uh, everybody except him and the pastor, you know, just one of those small country church that just didn't want any help with the pastor search process, you know, didn't understand how he did ministry. So helping him to communicate with other leaders, not only his heart, but try to learn to listen to others, that sort of thing. You don't just know how to do that. I mean, that takes experience that takes mess ups. And the best thing someone can do is find someone who's gone through it and find out what they did or what they learned. And, and, you know, you find someone that's self, introspective enough that's self self aware enough they can actually tell you what they learn you know then that's the kind of coach you need that's the kind of coach I want to be you know I've been done a lot of that kind of stuff and been hurt a lot through through the church ministry but it's valuable it's all valuable if you let it be valuable mm-hmm, mm-hmm. now that, that's great that's great and I, I think you know a lot of our listeners are tend to be smaller churches, you know, maybe mm-hmm. there's a hundred, 200, 300, 500 people. Um, if you were coaching and obviously you'd need to know more details about the, the particular church or whatever that's listening, but, yeah. um, what, what are just some things that you found in terms of communication and marketing and church growth that, that would help, you know, a small church with a, I mean, every church has a limited budget, you know, but like yeah. a really limited budget, limited resources, what, what are some coaching, just kind of some general tips that you'd maybe give? Well, I mean, the first thing I can think of is that your messaging, it just needs to be 
easily portable. Um, Andy Stanley says that memorable is portable. And if you can make something that's easy to remember, like a vision or a mission statement that sticks with you, um, then they can take that with them. That's portable. And so I think there's something to be said for a whole staff or a whole leadership team adopting a way to say things that is that has been poured over of here's what we're about. And that, and that seems crazy because, I mean, the church is about one thing. It's making disciples in the name of Jesus, right? I mean, it's the Great Commission. It's, it's baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I mean, that's clear in Matthew what we're supposed to be doing. But how that looks specifically in your context, in how you're going to say it and how you're going to talk about it, there's vocabulary involved. There is a context for your, for your community that's involved. There is a way that you want to present it to your people you know that is involved that you have to think about. And so for me, I would say to the, to the church, like you need to go through, and I mean, eventually it's all called branding, right? It's all branding, advertisement, marketing, et cetera. The church doesn't like that term, but so let's just call it, let's have a focused message about what we're doing. And when they hear it over and over, it's like, by the time you get tired of saying it, it's the time that they're starting to get it yeah, and yeah. starting to adopt it. Mm-hmm. And so you have to say it, say it and over say it. Um, another thing I would say is that you, most churches that are small know about social media, but they don't utilize it. Um, you know, that's a platform as well where you can get a message out, not just to people who don't come to your church, but people who do, you know, that there is a thing that we're about that we're going to be, uh, you know, talking about a lot. So for a staff that's going through some of that, I mean, honestly, you can, you can go through all that and that's like the front, the tip of the iceberg. But what really matters the most is are your staff living out the things that we preach in a relational way that people can see that are, um, that's visible, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's honest, that's genuine. And, you know, are they getting in? I mean, if you have a church that's, and I worked at a large church that it was like 15,000 people or something. And <clears throat> The pastor had a habit of as soon as he got done, you know, he'd walk off the stage and you never see him, never meet this pastor. One of the reasons I love the church I'm at now is the first day we visited, we were like, okay, with the worship, you know, it was like, oh, great. But we bumped into the pastor at the back on the way out. He was just out there shaking hands. And then there's like 20, 20, 2000 people in our church, you know? So I'm like, I'll follow that guy. You know, it's like being followable by your people means you're actually authentically behind this mission. And when they see certain staff members that aren't, you know, it, it, it comes up, it, it shows the, the people that it's optional. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That, yeah, that our, yeah. that our vision here is optional mm-hmm. and you can really do whatever you want. Well, and I think as the church gets bigger, that's just a natural challenge that you have because it you is. have this small core group of people. They all get the vision, you know, they're on fire. They've been there for a while usually, and it starts to grow. And then all of a sudden you've got all these new staff members and different people coming in that didn't have the DNA, you know, over the last five years or 10 years or whatever. And so I think that the vision leaks, right? Andy says that Andy Stanley says that a lot too. the vision leaks. And I think it's kind of almost like, you know, it's almost like, um, you know, the worship leader, how they always get tired of singing the song before the church does. Oh yeah. You know, they've rehearsed it. They rehearse it again at the church. They sing it. They sing it for multiple services. And so after a few weekends, they're like, Oh, I hate this song. We've played it so much, but most people only have heard it a few times, you know? 
And so it's like, we just have to, I think the vision is the same way, you know, where it's like yes. a staff is, hears it all the time and it comes up a lot, but most people, they can barely articulate it or they don't know it that well. It's not, they're not bombarded with it as much as they need to be. And so yeah. it's, it's still pretty fresh. Yeah, I agree completely. I mean, when we came to the, to, to the heights where I'm at now, the, uh, the mission was, was being talked about it and it grabbed a hold immediately. We make disciples by taking personal risks to bring the gospel to every relationship. And then they give you six crossroads where you're already at, like where I work, where I live, uh, and a few mission initiatives we're doing that here's where you can actually live that out. Pick one, pick one, you know, it's like, not only do they tell us what the vision is, they've given us handles to actually live it out. And I think that a lot of times is a missing element for churches that want to get their vision out and, and go forward and, and not just the unified front that you have to present as a, as a staff or leaders in the church, but the, uh, just the, the, uh, execution of it. Yeah. The action like, items, the kind of, yeah, tangibles. you gotta give them, give them something to hold on to. Like, okay, this week I'm going to do this this week. I'm going to look here for this, you know? And so I think there's a lot to that, that, um, it's a long process. So I guess one of the third things I would say is that you need to develop your process before you start your process of how you're, how you're going to roll all that out. Sometimes that means calling in a company that helps do that. Or sometimes it means getting really strategic thinking people to help you with the process, but then you stick to you. Maybe they don't with the actual content uh, of whatever it is you're going to launch. And I would definitely not redo your website. Don't do redo your Facebook pages and all that until you get all that nailed down. Yeah. yeah. It's just doing work twice. You're yeah. going to end up undoing it later. You know, I didn't have to redo it. Yeah. It's like, it's like, uh, the book, I don't know if you read it it's called by Simon Sinek called start with why, but it's kind of that whole purpose, you know, of get the vision down, start with why we're doing this, where we're going. And then you can kind of figure out what it looks yeah. like on the web and on the Facebook page and all those yes. different things. It's yeah. amazing. It's amazing to me in the church world. And I know businesses do this too. Cause my, my one year in the business world, I don't know how many customers I'd get and go, how are they still open? You know, they just, that we don't make decisions based on why purpose. There is no purpose behind what we do. There is only survival behind what we do. There is only keeping the machine going, keeping the lights on, you know, those kinds of things. It's all, that's what we're talking about. Instead of how are we actually reaching people? And then even the meta question is, is this the best way to reach people? You know, is this, is there something else we could do that's better that we could just throw that away or improve upon? And so when churches start thinking that way, it's when you start seeing people come to know Christ who didn't come from another church. You know, you start seeing people get baptized that are older than 10 in your church. And, and that's a that's a powerful thing uh, when your vision starts to go out and your people start to own it and your people start to really take ownership of, I am a minister for the gospel. Uh, we just shared a story this past week. A guy had sat down and talked to a, another guy at this random restaurant and explain the gospel. And he didn't make a decision, but he was like, it's the seed. You know, it's like, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm not responsible for his decision. I'm responsible for the message. And so when they get that, because we've given them places to handle it and, and to enact it, uh, it's, it's really beautiful how the church can suddenly become what we just, what Paul described in Corinthians with one body, many parts. It's really awesome. That's awesome. That is, that is great. Hey, well, let's jump into our amplified, uh, impact round. Um, we're going to, I'm going to fire off some quick questions here and you can kind of fire back some quick answers. Um, and then, and then we'll find out the best ways to, to contact, stay in contact with you. 
All right, so uh, here we go. What's the first thing any new church communicator or director needs to know on the job? Um, I heard somebody say, his name is Van Baird. He uh, heads up to that church communi- uh, conference with uh, Justin Dean. And he came on a podcast with Brady Shear. And um, he said, this, he, he gave something called the 60-20-20 rule. And I think of church communicators, if we did this for churches, it would revolutionize how we do it. Um, 60% of what you post should, can, should be other people's stuff, which is, you know, retweets, likes, things like that. But it's also share a blog, share what's going on with somebody else's life. You're a hub for helping people get out there. You're, you're people. 20% is just showing a day in the life. So this is backstage. This is us at the office. This is me getting on Facebook live and saying, Hey guys, I was just thinking about you guys. I just wanted to pray for you. It's really cool that you're out there at work or whatever it is you want to say. And then the other 20% is the ask. That's your announcements. And this is what we need from you. This is, here's what's coming up. Don't, don't, you know, don't miss it. Don't say that. But like, like you, you need to be there for this and this and this. And so a lot of times we churches have the rule of 97 and three, where it's 97%. We're asking you to do something and 3% if we have time. Oh yeah. By the way, here's something fun that happened, you know, share somebody else. So that's the big one I would say is that's what makes social media social is that you're actually social, social. What's yeah. the best thing you've done to attract new visitors to your church? Uh, stories, comments and stories. And on social media, it's just commenting and saying, Hey, that's really great. Or whenever they check in, even saying, glad you were here today. It makes them want to come back. Um, it's just simple things like that. But when they hear stories about what God is doing there and you share that out with, with the community, um, it gives this sense of, okay, something's going on. I need, I need to go check that out. You know, that's been the best draw for us from social media. Hmm. Uh, what do you think is the most important aspect of a church communication strategy? Um, listening, listening and consistency really are a tie, mm-hmm. uh, listening to what's going on so that you know how to serve your people, mm-hmm. but then consistency and being, you know, I'm sharing something every day I'm sharing every week and you can always count us being present in your feed. You can always count on us present, being present, ready to pray for you. Hmm. Um, if you need us, you can reach out to us through our Facebook page and it doesn't take us 10 to 15 days to respond. Right. Right. You know, consistency is really important. Listening. Uh, what do you have any tips for planning or promoting sermon series? Oh, I got tons of that. Um, <laughs> I used to do that a lot. I mean, yeah, yeah. Youth pastors. Um, I think, Again, you want to use stories. Stories help promote. Um, when you're planning a series, I think the most common mistake is to try to make a series into more weeks than it actually is, uh, where you take a, a passage, and and I think you should start with Scripture. Um, you don't just start with a topic. I think you should start with Scripture to see what the Bible says and develop your topics out of that. I think that's a good way to, just a good rule of thumb. Uh, I know a lot of people don't do that. I I used to not do that. I used to start with a topic and go, let's see what the Bible says, and then go find stuff that backs it up. Well, that's pretty much modern day politics. So yeah, you, need to, yeah. you need to practice that that way. You know, it's not good. It's not good for truth. But if you start with scripture and then develop your series, you might say, oh, I want a five week series on, you know, this passage. Well, there may be only really two points in there that you can really bring out. So you can't really have a five week series on that. But some pastors will stretch it. And really give the same sermon like twice in a row and try to sneak by. And I think that people notice that. Um, I would also not go more than, I would say three weeks, but four to five, you know. And if you're doing a big book, you're going through a whole book, 
you know, I'd say take three weeks and kind of focus and give it a new title and rebrand and then yeah. rebrand it in yeah. another three weeks and do something like that. So yeah. keep it fresh, helps, keeps it fresh, but we're still going through Matthew or we're still mm-hmm. going through Romans, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think you can be creative. With and there's it. some churches that do that. Well, I think where they, they repackage yeah. and they're going through the same book of the Bible for the whole year, but it feels like a new series every month yes. or so. And so it keeps it, uh, just keeps it fresh and it gives, I think more entry points for people to be able to jump in. Yeah. Well, uh, what's your favorite tool for ministry? Buffer. Buffer is my favorite. Um, it is such a versatile, um, scheduling program for social media posts. I mean, I can post, I can get my schedule out for the whole week and really not think about it. And then if I'm on my phone, I see something, I can post it and I just add to it, you know? So, but my strategy is in buffer. That's great. That's great. Uh, any ideas for empowering church members to invite their friends? We were talking about them being social and kind of being the number one, uh, resource that churches have. Yeah. I think what we need to see ourselves as is our people are the hero and we are the guide, you know, like Donald Miller's story brand goes, it's such a great idea. Like we, we provide the plan. So we provide the tools. So I would say for a church, give them something to invite their friends to, and your Sunday service is not it. That's kind of like what, when the relationship has started to form, they'll come to that maybe. But this is a different age for church. So give them events outside the church to go to. Hey, there's a game happening. I mean, announce that you have a school football game on Friday. Everybody knows about the school football game. But announce it and say, this would be a great thing to bring your friends to. I'll be out front. I'd love to meet your friends. You know, come invite. And that's what I used to do for youth ministry. You mm-hmm. know, so do that. And, and then they have someone to bring you to. Like, hey, I'll invite my friend to a football game, but I know Seth's going to be there and he's going to be down at the concession stand during this during this quarter. So I'll make sure I get over there so I can invite and introduce my friends. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that where you're creating moments for relationships to form with your people. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's good. That's good. Hey, so last question here. Um, who do you think I should interview next on the podcast? I know you've interviewed a bunch of people. Um, who do you think I should interview next? Well, um, And why? Well, I, I can give you a couple. Uh, Kenny Jang is a really great interview. Um, really smart dude when it comes to marketing and branding, et cetera. Uh, interview Van or Justin at, at that church. Katie Allred is always fun. Uh, for church communications and pretty much up for any kind of interview she's willing to help. So uh, there's some really great people in that church communications group. You know, uh, Kyler Nixon knows what he's doing when it comes to design and graphics. Um, and just go for the ask. Brady Shearer might be able to come on and tell you all about videos and announcements. Uh, so could Ben Stapley. You know, he could tell you all that Liquid Church. Um, Wes Gay is a Forbes writer for millennials and uh, 30, Forbes under 30 section. So these are all great, great interviews. Perfect. Thank you so much. Hey, hey Seth. So um, what's the best way for people to connect with you? Uh, You can connect with me on Twitter at uh, the Seth Muse. Mm -hmm. And, but the, honestly, the best thing to do is just go to sethmuse.com. Okay. You can find my podcast there, my blog, you can find all my social handles and, um, and and get with me from there. That's probably the easiest. Seth, thanks again so much. This has been great. I know it's helpful for our listeners and I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. 
Well, it was so great talking with Seth. He's a fun guy. He's, he's great. He's really knowledgeable. And so I hope you got a lot up out of the podcast. If you want the show notes, just go over to amplifiedimpact.org. Be sure to um, click through to the link to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. It's really great. I think you'll get a lot out of that. And um, hey, last week, I just want to give you a quick update. Last week, we had a sold out Amplified Impact online workshop teaching church leaders and digital communicators how to build their communication strategy and attract more visitors to their church. It was an amazing time. Met some great folks from around the country and Canada. And uh, if you want to make sure you don't miss the next workshop, then go to amplifiedimpact.org, click to be on the waiting list. And then that way you'll be the first to be notified when we have our next online workshop. We're already planning it, so you don't want to miss it. The other thing I wanted to let you know is that we recently launched the church website assessment tool, and it's a free tool that you can use to measure the effectiveness of your church website. And it's really cool because um, you, you put in just a little bit of information and then it'll immediately spit out a very detailed report and it'll give you recommendations on how to improve your website and it's all free. So go to amplifiedimpact.org, check out all those resources. And uh, this has been a lot of fun. I hope you're enjoying it as much as I am. Until next time, amp it up.